You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous, the podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. On this week's episode of Theater Geeks Anonymous, we're having a chat with the cast and creative of I Wish My Life Were Like a Musical, currently being streamed on the King's Head Theater website on demand through Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. I Wish My Life Were Like a Musical is a West End Wilma award-winning musical that had a sellout 2019 Edinburgh Fringe run. This sparkling musical review lifts the lids on the highs and lows of life as a musical theater performer. From voice straining high notes <laughs> to limb spraining high kicks via onstage smooches and offstage feuds, this laugh out loud caper takes in the journey from wide-eyed drama school graduate to difficult diva or past it chorus member. With music and lyrics from iTunes comedy album chart topper Alexander S. Bermange and direction choreography from Chris Whitaker, get set for a thoroughly entertaining hour of awful auditions, debilitating dance routines, and backstage backstabbing, as well as the magical moments that make it all worthwhile. This run features West End regulars Luke Bayer, Charlotte O'Rourke, Lucas Rush, and Charlotte Anstein. Today, we are very excited to welcome Alexander Bermange, Chris Whitaker, and Charlotte O'Rourke to the podcast. Theater geeks, we're super excited because yes. we are going to do a new show today. We, uh, we haven't done a new work in a long time. It, it's been a minute. It has been a minute. <laughs> so this is super exciting. Uh, the musical is called I Wish My Life Were Like a Musical. Um, and it's by the writer Alexander Bermange. Am I saying that correctly? Close enough for jazz. I mean, I say, I say, <laughs> I say Bermange. Well, but Bermange. I, I suggest, yeah, but I suggest we don't dwell on this because yesterday um, I, I did do an interview. <laughs> I did an interview yesterday um, at the crack of dawn. Um, with a, actually a lovely, lovely broadcaster, um, but he, he spent an awful long time at the, uh, at the beginning of the interview, using up the first few minutes, rather like I'm doing now, um, asking me how exactly to pronounce my name. And so I gave him precise instructions, and then every time he, he referred to me during the course of the interview, it was every possible different pronunciation apart from the right one. Um, so, uh, so I'm, I say for Mange, but I will answer Mange, for anything. Okay. Well, we'll just call you call Alexander. You Alexa yeah, that's, that's probably easier. The rest of this podcast interview sounds good to me. <laughs> and then, um, Chris and Charlotte as well. Could you two introduce yourselves to everyone? Hello, I am Chris. Hey, <laughs> I'm Charlotte. What did you guys do with the show? Chris, yeah. go ahead and, and tell us uh, what you so did. I'm director choreographer of I Wish My Life Were Like a Musical, and this is Charlotte O'Rourke. And tell us Hello. what you did, Charlotte. <laughs> I was woman one. 
in I Waste My Life Will Like a Musical. <laughs> of two. There are only two women, exactly. So it's yeah. very easy to find you. Uh, yeah. Ebony and I just watched the King's Head uh, version of this online yeah. last night and today. I had to do both because I was really tired last night. So I got about 15 minutes and I was like, no, I can't do it. I, I have to get back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like a recommendation to me. But, no, she, but, no, no, she works late. I did. In okay. her defense, she worked okay. And I am also up okay. pretty early. So no, it was yeah. like literally like I started at it at nine o'clock, which is my bedtime. Right. <laughs> I would just, you know, it's just, it is what it is, right? No, but I told you also that I've been running around the house singing along with it, so. You have, yeah. It's been like a karaoke machine for you by the sound of <laughs> This show... So Pamela said it felt like to her, um, I love you, you're perfect now, change. But it actually reminded me of Title of Show, which I, is a musical I really, really love. Um, as soon as I saw it, I was like, four actors, oh, there we go. the piano player. Uh, and then also, um, I'm not an actor, but like the things they were expressing, I was like, man, this stuff is just too real. Yeah. Like, this is just really, <laughs> this is too real. Well, it, it does have its roots in reality. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's designed for comedic effect. But uh, as you say, it is about actors and it is about scenarios that musical theatre performers in particular find themselves in um, as part of their day-to-day -day life. So the auditioning, the exhausting dance routines, the understudying, the onstage yes. kisses with people they can't stand, <laughs> the divas, the pre-performance <laughs> rituals. But um, in all honesty, um, the way I wrote it was to start out by speaking to a load of my musical theatre performer friends mm. and really just applying them for their real life experiences and so although in certain instances they've been made extreme or exaggerated or played very much for laughs um a lot of it even in some cases the most extreme elements um do have their base in actual lived experience from mm -hmm. musical theater performers i know yes yeah. very much so and in fact like we got toward the end and i was like oh this is awful why did we ever put ourselves through this and then you started right, singing like life, the right, magic okay, is the in me <laughs> that too. That so far you're really not doing a great endorsement Pamela. It's, it's been a very hard year <laughs> the show's an hour long and you're already saying you couldn't make it through it in one sitting it's actually we'll really just edit that out. <laughs> ahead, it's actually really interesting ebony because um you say that and when we took the show to edinburgh in God, 2019 now mm -hmm. we actually had people coming to see the show who weren't professional performers and we, we had a group of women who were from a really tiny little village down south and they had their local amateur dramatic society yeah and they were saying we completely related to it you know we've got that diva in our cast we've got that person that we don't want in our yeah. cast and so it was really great that actually we could relate it back to people who weren't necessarily professional performers as well yeah, yeah. very much so yeah, I I I produce and direct, but I like even though I'm not an actor, but like having the actors come in for an audition, I, and I like I um oh how how Prince once said like auditioning is the worst way to find an actor, except it's the only way to find an actor, and I and I just feel that so deeply. It's it's awful. It's a terrible way. <laughs> well, it's and on the so... on the acting side of things, we're told, you know, this is your job as an actor is to yeah. go and audition, but we're not being paid to audition. So you're literally working for free. You're giving everything of yourself to be constantly told, no, 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 not good enough, not smart enough, not thin enough, not whatever. And like, and then you just go away and you're like, okay, well, I guess the next audition is around the corner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is this no, I mean, that's exactly the kind of <laughs> <laughs> It feels a little bit like... Is that what you... this is? <laughs> no, but that, those... yeah. Is this real life? <laughs> it felt those are exactly the, the kind of experiences that I really wanted to portray yeah. because the thing that I really found was that a lot of ordinary people, as I lovingly refer to people who aren't in this business we call, <laughs> call show, um they're not aware of all of these things i mean and why should they be but you know from the right. moment the curtain falls um why should they why should they give a second thought to the 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 day-to-day -day lives of the performers they've just seen um and i thought that creating something like this would potentially be quite 
eye-opening for them as well yeah. as hopefully humorous yeah. and I thought for the people in the industry because these are things that no one ever talks about people yeah. never refer to it it's all about the, the you know the, the bright lights and the, uh, the the big toothy grins and you know you hear an, an interview with anyone um, in the cast of a show they say yeah it's like a big family everyone gets you know gets on it's all lovely and often it is but many times many times <laughs> it, it isn't and so I, I wanted to write something which would be relatable and and truthful um but also sincere um in a serious way as well because as you say at the very end of the show having presented all these frankly awful scenarios albeit in a comedic light we do ask what makes us go through it all and yeah. uh, and hopefully we we provide the answer in a in a in a slight change of tone but hopefully one that's that's true to everything that everyone's been watching up until then that's a great segue to my first question i always want i always love to ask our guests and so we're just going to go around the zoom room and ask this question when you became a theater geek Oh, uh, <laughs> go on, Rocky. Yours is a good one. Okay. Well, I always say lovingly that I was kind of screwed from the moment I was born, really. <laughs> um, my dad is an ex actor turned primary school music teacher, and my mum was a dance teacher, and she grew up dancing. And they both did local theatre, and they actually met at a local amateur amateur theatre society um home. back home in Stoke so yeah so I mean I I did my I did a fashion show when I was about two <laughs> and then I did my first dance show when I was three and then I did my first family musical um with my mum and dad and my big brother when I was five so uh yeah pretty early love wow. <laughs> love it uh, Chris, you want to go next? Yeah. yeah, so uh, slightly similar, but not to the same extent. So I went to see my mum in a little sort of local dance school show when I was four and was like, oh, I want to give that a try. And they thought, oh, that'll pass. Just let them go for one lesson and then they'll get really bored. Uh, but I didn't. And uh, so, you know, X amount of years later, I'm still doing it. And uh, yeah, I love it. And it's kind of all I've ever known. And I've, I just can't imagine doing anything else, really. Were you a performer as well as choreographer and director? Yes. Yeah, so I never, if you'd have asked me sort of 20 years ago, I'd have said never. I never want to choreograph anything. If you'd asked me 10 years ago, I'd have probably said the same thing. Uh, <laughs> but so, yeah, I was a performer. I went to dance college. I studied musical theatre. I performed for about five or six years and then became an assistant choreographer and then kind of worked my way through that. And then kind of the performing stopped because I realised I much preferred being on the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, so it's been about, about 12 years now as a, nice. as a choreographer. Awesome. How about you, Alexander? For me, well, it all started with uh, piano lessons, which my mum and dad encouraged me to take. Um, but pretty much from as soon as I sat down on the piano, I wasn't just interested in in playing the, the work of the, the great masters that my piano teachers were trying to encourage me to play. But I wanted to try and create my own compositions as well. Um, and my parents were also starting to take me to the theatre, really the kind of the big um splashy mega musicals in london um and it was actually a production of the musical chess which kind of changed oh. my life uh, i know chess is a show that that divides people um but there was something about it i don't know what it was and when i look back i, I i'm aware that i couldn't possibly have have understood all of the subtleties of it, especially in terms of the, you know, the, the political undertones. Um, but I think what I was really relating to with that show in particular was that um, it was simultaneously very commercial in terms of the mm. score. Mm. It was very accessible. It was very pop oriented, but it also had a brain in that there was a, you know, there was a plot that was complex um, and it wasn't just one where you went to and you just put your brain into neutral. And really, that was the show which changed my life. And then after that, I was just hooked on musical theatre as a genre. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great show. I love that show. But I was well into my adulthood before I understood the intricacies of what they were actually talking about. It is a very, it is a very, very, clever show and i think the thing about it is that when you see it you will always gain something new 
from it. And I think it's been, I think Tim Rice himself has admitted that certainly the, the first two major productions um, in London and Broadway were beset with you know, more difficulties than should really befall any musical. Having said that, it was a you know it was a sizable hit in London, but it's one of those that they've kept tinkering with, um, book-wise especially. Um, but I think whatever changes they make to the storyline, and goodness knows there've been many over the years, there's something about those songs which is just for me just still breathtaking mm -hmm. um real hair on the back of your neck moments every time i listen to that score yeah well um can i'd also now i want to go around the room and we'll start with you alex you did give us a little bit of like uh the impetus for sort of starting the musical but i'd like to know how long it took you to write it and then i'd like to see how chris got involved and then charlotte you tell us how you got involved Right. Well, the show has its origins in my first ever live performances as a, I was going to call myself a cabaret artist, which sounds incredibly grand, but I should probably uh, explain that. Um, for some time alongside writing musicals and writing music and songs for theatre, I've also written comedic songs for the radio. So um, I've written songs on topical subjects from politicians to elections to news stories um, for BBC Radio 4 and the BBC World Service. And at one point, several years ago, uh, a lot of people started saying to me, you really ought to give some performances of your own. Up until that point, I'd only ever sung live in a radio studio with mm. I mean, okay, millions of people listening, but no one in front of me who I could actually see. Um, and eventually I plucked up the courage um, and I started giving some of these performances of me doing those kinds of songs that I'd written. But I wanted to spice it up by having some guest artists with me, um, partly to give myself less to do, um, partly because I knew that they'd be able to give slightly more of a physical performance because they wouldn't be stuck behind a grand piano like me. And partly because if I went for female performers, there'd be some musical variety. And mm -hmm. when I was wondering what I could give them to sing, I thought, well, I've deliberately chosen musical theatre performers who I know from my shows. I'll write a couple of songs about being a musical theatre performer. And so they were originally just uh, intended as standalone songs. Uh, but they went down really, really well. So then over the course of the following months, as I was giving more solo shows and inviting different guest artists along, I'd use it as an excuse to write more songs. And since the, the, the first one or two had, had gone down very well, I thought, well, let's think of some other aspects of being a musical theatre performer. And, uh, and one or two people uh, were then by that point saying to me, there's something about the, the way you treat that subject, which... Mm you ought to try and do something with. Mm. Round about the same time, um, a show of mine was done on a cruise and I was on board the ship with the creative team for a couple of weeks. And every night without fail, we would have dinner with the cast and the passengers on the ship would gravitate towards our table and um, do exactly what I was uh, describing uh, a lot of lay people as doing to musical theatre performers they, they meet a little bit earlier on plying them with uh, questions and uh, just about their day-to-day -day lives. And they, they clearly had a lot of very, very well-meaning misconceptions and preconceptions. Mm. So thinking that even the most lowly chorus member would be chauffeured from their front door <laughs> to the stage door, thinking that that same lowly chorus member when on tour would be put up and I thought maybe create that shows what it's really like um building on these songs which I've started to write Alexander anyway. I'm sorry I'm um, gonna stop you really maybe there'll quickly be something in it Ooh. and that's really what what set hear? me on, on the course to write the rest of the show beyond you those can try songs. he won't stop <laughs> Alexander you were cutting in and out there while you were talking can you hear us he's gone yeah, he's I think gone. he's okay. Uh -oh. So he'll log off and log on again. <laughs> okay. Man down. 
technology. <laughs> it's because he's not actually real. <laughs> he's AI. Glitching. Love it. <laughs> yeah. We just press go whenever we want to give out the. Oh, there's two oh, no. of them. Okay. So where would uh, we? Um, we started uh, getting pixelated right after the misconceptions. Right. That people had. Oh, I apologize. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Okay. And what became clear was that a lot of these passengers on the ship had a lot of well-meaning misconceptions and preconceptions about what it's like to be a musical theatre performer. And that's when I really start to think, well, maybe there'll be something in drawing on these few songs, which I've started to yeah. write anyway, and creating something that's, uh, that's got a larger scope um, and turn it into a complete show. Awesome. I love that. I, I mean, it's like a wealth of information on a boat <laughs> with a bunch of people <laughs> who are like, you know, just ready and able to give you all the the fodder you need for for a musical. And I also love that educational piece because, you know, you're right. Like I hear even people who are the leads on Broadway are still like, yo, I'm not rich. Like, right, no. <laughs> let's just... <No. laughs> Um, Chris, let us know how you got involved with the musical. So I met with Alex about, it's going to be about four, well, it's coming up to four years now, I would say, uh, to talk about potentially working on another project that Alex was doing at the time uh, on one of his other musicals. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen, uh, but he kept me in mind. And when he knew that this show was going to be going up to Edinburgh uh, in 2019, he got in touch saying, you know, I'm looking for a director. Uh, choreographer do you fancy having a chat so he sent me over the material I had a listen and uh, yeah we had a couple more meetings and sort of talked our way through what what visions of the show we'd have and how we can make it work because I the other incarnations of the show had been very much more sort of a cabaret style uh, versions of the show a lot longer as well for Edinburgh for anyone who doesn't know all shows kind of have to be an hour uh, straight through just uh, so they can get kind of as many shows in in a day as possible for, for the venues um, and so we needed to cut down parts of the show, take out certain elements. And I wanted it to be a lot more of a kind of, not a through line, there's no story to it, but a lot more of a sort of journey through with these four people. Uh, so yeah, so we had a couple of meetings and we chatted and we decided to give it a go. And we, we took it on up to Edinburgh where it was amazing success. And we're so lucky about that. And then about five weeks ago now, when depending on when this goes out, uh, we got an offer to take it to the King's Head and do a streamed version. And that happened in a bit of a whirlwind and it's out there in the in the sort of general ether now for everyone to watch. Amazing. <laughs> and Charlotte, how did you get involved with the musical? So I actually remember my audition for this show as probably one of the easiest, most pleasant auditions I've ever done. And it all happened so quickly and beautifully. It was really great. Um, I was I was just finishing up um, a contract. I was doing um, Mamma Mia in in town, and my agent called me and said, "You know, we've got this this audition for you. Um, it's it's I wish my life were like a musical at the Edinburgh Fringe. Do you fancy it?" I said, "Well, Edinburgh Fringe is something I've always wanted to do. It looks like the most fun way to spend your summer." <laughs> so I popped along to the audition, um, went in, sang my song. Um, you know, had a had a lovely chat and a laugh and met Alex for the first time. Um, lovely walking into the room and seeing Chris because I had no idea he was going to be there. And we go way back. We knew oh, each other when fun. we were kids. Uh, yeah, we used to go to dancing together when we were <laughs> kids, and I had no idea he was going to be there. So I didn't that know really that. Lovely. I didn't know that actually. I didn't know. I mean, I knew that you knew each other, but I didn't know that you didn't know that he was going to be there. Yeah. I had did you no know that I knew that she knew that I didn't know that she knew? <laughs> You didn't know that he knows that I know that you know. I don't think you knew that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you knew that I knew. Um, so, yeah, and then about a week later, I, I got, got a call um, offering me the job, jumped at the chance, um, went to Edinburgh, had the best summer there. I mean, it was, it was tiring. It was hard work. But, I mean, you don't go to the Edinburgh Fringe expecting you know, an easy, beach. an easy ride. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere on a beach. Um, and we had the best time. And then, you know, similarly to Chris, I got a message off 
Alex probably a couple of months ago now saying, you know, in, in well, not a couple of months ago, a few weeks ago, um, if this potentially happened, would you be interested? And I mean, I was working on reception at a gym at the time because <laughs> COVID, not much else going on. So I thought, absolutely, let's let's jump back on that yes. ship. And Can we start tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It I'll was pretty much that, actually. I mean, yeah. I kind of, uh, it was pr pretty, I mean, it, it all happened incredibly fast. As funnily enough, often the most exciting things that have happened in my career um, have, but this was almost frighteningly fast to reassemble, um, which actually for Charlotte and also Charlotte, because both of our lovely female performers <laughs> called Charlotte. Charlotte. That makes it easier for Chris. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that was, that was a pretty just shout out any Charlotte and you'll get them. He also <laughs> had Luke and Lucas. Right. It's That's like... <laughs> Come on. Well, it, to be well, honest, they them... all answer to all you anyway, so... <laughs> but because the two Charlottes had done the Edinburgh incarnation before, obviously it was, it, it was still very tight in terms of schedule but they were you know they were totally on 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 top of things for the the gents uh it was slightly less evil lucas had done one of the original versions in london uh luke had never done it before so uh we had kind of a mixture a couple from edinburgh one from london and then one who was literally um well no i was going to say literally diving in at the, the deep end he wasn't literally doing that because our set does not have a swimming pool it's not sunset <laughs> boulevard but he was figuratively diving in at the deep end um and having to learn everything but but we were all really thrilled with with how it turned out. And I think often mm. the thing about a tight deadline is it really does focus your mind and just makes you get on with the job as well as you possibly can. And, you know, even the things I've written, actually, particularly things I've written, although, you know, this piece was all, all written, I find that actually having less time, it's really worse than you'd do it if you had more time. And normally it's better because it yeah. just means that you, you know, with writing, you just filter out all the dross and make sure that it's just quality that comes out. I mean, something like this, you just, get on with it because just doing anything else is just going to delay things even more. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I wondered, is this, was the staging uh, similar to what you did at Edinburgh or did you like, I'm very curious about filming theater on the stage. Cause right so now I'm not seeing that much of it. Um, I'm seeing a lot of zooms still, but, but I I'm very interested about that piece and how you did that. So the choreography and the staging is all exactly the same as we did in Edinburgh, apart from any tweaks that the actors wanted to make themselves just, you know, to, to kind of individualise it, because obviously we had the two people playing the gentleman roles come in and, and take it in slightly different directions than they'd wanted to uh, in Edinburgh. So that was all good. But it's a different layout when we do it down in London. It's now in the thrust, uh, whereas up in Edinburgh, it was end on. So that meant, I mean, we don't play to an audience in this version because it's an empty auditorium and the cameras are at the front. But I wanted to make people feel as if there was still an audience there and it was being yeah. played to a theatre rather than just we're doing it for the cameras because it's not a film. It's not a, you know, a, a piece of television uh, theatre. It is theatre that is recorded and then streamed. And I think there's a real dif difference and distinction between those two things. And that's what we really went for. Um, so we were aware of it and we knew that we didn't want to play any of it to the cameras other than those little linking bits. For anyone who's seen it, there's a little moment in between. Uh, and that's the only moment when an actor will look down the camera because they're the bits where it does draw you in slightly. Everything else I wanted to be as we did it in Edinburgh, um, but just with slight changes to allow for different space. And one new song. And oh. one, uh, one from a previous version that had been okay. done to replace Correct. another one uh just because Correct. we felt it fitted better with the actor that was playing it and uh and so yeah we kind of just played around with that a bit which song was that that was only then can i truly perform which is one of the my favorites song about the pre-performance <laughs> rituals um well it, it's one that i was always very fond of but as, as, as chris said um for edinburgh you do have to cut everything down um to an hour and so there was a lot that we and we did we did agonise over which ones to cut, but now we were re recreating it for, for streaming. Even though it is essentially um, the Edinburgh production, it just gave us the opportunity to, to chuck that one back in. It's a great number. And it, I, I mean, it, I, it triggered me a little. 
if oh, I'm really? honest, because oh. I'm the I show up early. Like I'm very early. Alexander was. Oh. I was already in the Zoom room when Alexander logged in. Like I was just here. Oh yes, you know. oh, that's true. Right, yeah. <laughs> There we are. So and, I, and I listen to the same playlist for each show and I do this so like I do you know you have to kind of do the same routine otherwise your show will end up crap that is the way things work in this I'm starting business. to think that you were one of those friends that I went to <laughs> to uh to ask their real life experiences to it well, no, you know I, I didn't get a phone call from you Alexander and that's fine because we didn't well, know each other at that point but moving okay. forward I'd like uh, to be you on will speed expect file. one <laughs> okay yeah, <good>. absolutely <laughs> So Charlotte, tell us, I'm, I'm also curious about the difference and, and how you all um, manage right now with COVID and like being in a pod during this time and like filming. I, I want to know the, the actor's perspective because this is new territory. It was wonderful. I loved it because, I mean, I live, I live just me, just me and my partner, Jordan. It's only the two of us in the flat and my family's up north. And um, we went into this bubble and we were all, we were all testing regularly. Um, we were really, really careful with it all. But you know, when you're with three other actors and you're on stage with them and you know, you're in this bubble, all of a sudden I've got these three extra people that I can have some sort of form of human contact with. <laughs> I was like, I've not been this close to another human being other than my partner in months. And all of a sudden, like I was helping to pick up Charlotte for Divas in the house. And, <laughs> and I had Lucas hugging me in, in the fan song. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> just, just to feel, I love, love my partner to bits, but you know, he's the only person I've been anywhere near for months. And it was just so nice to be close to other humans again. Cause I mean, <laughs> Chris will vouch for me on this. I'm a hugger. I've always been a big hugger. Yeah, the, just, we're still talking about that. <laughs> still learning those boundaries. Um, but I, I just so missed being close to other people. And it was just amazing. That was probably my favourite thing about being able to do the show, was just being near to other people. Just for a few days. How, how long was the shoot? We, we did it really, really quickly. Yeah. yeah. So we had, we had a week's worth of rehearsals, but okay. in, in sort of little dribs and drabs. So um, Charlotte and I, I think we did two and a half days, um, you know, in little different sections. And Luke and Lucas did a little bit more throughout the week, um, especially Luke, because he was learning it completely from scratch. And Lucas Blessing was doing the opposite part to what he did originally. Oh. <laughs> so we did that over the course of a week. And then we came in and we had one tech day at the Kings and then we filmed it the next day. So Amazing. literally in true actors fashion, just as we were starting to get comfortable with each other and we were getting that real good bit of banter, a really good relationship. It was like, right, lovely to meet you. See you again. <laughs> and Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I will say cool. those relationships really shone through. I mean, you could just tell that you all really enjoyed each other, which was yeah. really lovely. Absolutely. I mean, we were just excited to be around other people. Uh, <laughs> and, and, or I was. Don't know about the other guy. But However, I will be writing a few songs which describe what they really thought of each other behind the scenes. And that will be uh, going to the next version of the show. No, I jest. <laughs> I jest. It was lovely. It was a lovely atmosphere all the way through. And we it's... did and we did really click as well. You know, I mean, in Charlotte, we we lived together in Edinburgh and I, you know, I've got a powerful life there and just oh, to be lovely. able to see her again. And then the boys came in and they were so lovely as well. So it was a really, really quick but really good atmosphere that we had within the cast, I think. Nice. And they're all people who, as you would have seen, are right at the top of their game. I mean, Charlotte as as she just said, she's been in Mamma Mia in the West End and on tour. The other Charlotte, Charlotte Anstein, has rarely been out of the West End, actually, in the course of her career. She's, she's done everything. Fat <laughs> Out of Hell and 42nd Street and also on tour in Rock of Ages and We Will Rock You. And Lucas has done everything from Rock of Ages to Thoroughly Modern Millie to American Idiot, for which he was nominated for a Broadway World Award. 
And Luke Bayer uh, was a What's On Stage Award winner for the title role in Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Well, the mm. title role being Jamie rather than everybody, obviously. Um, and also an award winner for Fiverr. And so it was great that we had four people who clicked, who are all sensational artists in their own right, mm -hmm. um, directed brilliantly by by Chris. And it was it was a really wonderful team to uh, to have to put my my writing on stage and bring it to life. It is a very, very enjoyable watch. And I, I wanted to say, Charlotte, when I was watching it and you do this song that like every time you talk about a different way of singing or like you have to like immediately get into that. I was saying out loud, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh. out loud <laughs> as I was watching it. <laughs> I mean, wow, like really amazing, really amazing. It's really a great watch. It um, it's super fun. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard to sing badly if you sing well normally. And that's actually an incredibly difficult number to do. Super. Um, but yep. <laughs> Charlotte Shaw is just hysterical. I mean, even by the end of our Edinburgh run after a month's worth of performances nonstop, um, I still had to suppress giggles every night while I was at the piano. <laughs> This is and because I noticed that the camera actually panned to the other three actors watching her doing that performance. And I was going, how are they not absolutely in shambles right now laughing? It's all outtakes, <laughs> complete outtakes. It was really fun. That one was another one of my favorite. Uh, you know what? They're all my favorite numbers, but that was Aww. another one. Of, yeah, one of my other favorite numbers. <laughs> Thank you. It's great fun to sing. Like... It, you know if you if I had a dream song what more could you want out of the song it's, it's funny it's well written yeah. it's challenging mm -hmm. it's great it's a musical theatre performer's dream to sing a song <laughs> like that and again inspired by what? musical theatre now that was actually that was one I didn't even need to go and speak to um performer friends about because I've had all of those when I started out um before my writing started to gain momentum, I was working a lot as an accompanist. And pretty much all of those things I had done to me, thankfully, not all by the same person in the same song. But, you know, they're all you know, the person who's been a bit pitchy, the person who's suddenly taken off at a completely unexpected tempo, the person who comes in too late, the person who comes in too early, the person who just completely dries, the person who just don't have a, they seem like they're on a different, planet i've been there as an accompanist so that was actually incredibly easy to write because that was that was written from painful experience it's i i when she's doing the florence foster jenkins and the flat notes and i was like a couple of them i didn't expect it to jump in there and i was like oh lord i know i know these people oh bless oh bless <laughs> And you know what? I think we've all done parts of it accidentally as well. Oh, like, yeah. I've definitely, definitely gone into auditions and just come in at the complete wrong time. There's actually, there's um, a Saturday Night Live sketch with Christian Wig. I don't know if you've seen it and she's going, don't make me sing, don't make me sing. Yeah. And the whole way through, she's doing exactly all the things that Alexandra has written about. Yeah. And I mean, I've got to take a little bit of uh, inspiration from that. <laughs> it's brilliant it's so fun it's so yeah. fun yeah it's a lot of fun um all right so you all are at king's head theater right now on demand until the 12th of may um and That's so correct. do like what do you know what might be next for the musical or are you you know well if you have any listeners in south korea they can see it <laughs> on stage in seoul at the moment um South Korea, as you may know, is one of the few places in the world that has uh, succeeded in adapting to the pandemic rather better than, mm. than many others. Um, and so performances of most things that are on there have, have managed to carry on uninterrupted. Um, having said that, I realised that that might be rather a long way to go for many listeners to the podcast so we're hoping that um that we can get some other plans in in place although edinburgh was absolutely fantastic and it, and it really did uh cause 
one hell of a buzz, if I, I may be so bold as to say so. Um, Timing-wise, in a funny kind of way, although we sold out every show and got 25-star reviews, we couldn't have got the timing worse in the sense that just as all those conversations were starting to happen about people who were interested in doing things with it, the theatre industry shut down. Um, now that in the UK, these things are gradually starting to open up again, um, a lot of such conversations are, are starting to happen again. But obviously, although I'm thrilled with how this film production has turned out, um, it is conceived for the theatre and there is something about writing something comedic that uh, really gains a special uh, place in people's hearts when they've seen it and shared it with other people who are all guffawing in the same places. So, yeah, there are absolutely plans to, to get it back on stage, both in the UK um, and in other territories. There was actually a Swiss production that very nearly happened and it was literally everything shut down there literally a matter of weeks before it was it was due to happen um but in the meantime until theater does totally become resurrected um i'm really chuffed that we have got this version because it's a, a production um which i think all four performers are excellent in and which chris has directed masterfully so I'm very pleased that at the end of this 12-month period in which there's been such a, a dearth of live theatre, we've got something which hopefully for a lot of people will be the next best thing. Yeah, it's really great. And and like some of the shots, like the shot, there was a shot at the end where um, it's just the back of their heads and it's right before like that last song, which explains why, you know, we continue to do this like masochistic thing to ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it just brought such a, a poignancy, Chris. And so I just wanted to acknowledge also like, I, again, I haven't, I've seen, I've watched a lot of, you know, video theater, filmed theater um, over these past few months. And uh, some of it is, mm, and but this <laughs> This was, I mean, really, really well done. And for the short period of time that you, you know, you had to put it together. I mean, more people need to be hiring you to do this type of thing because I don't think it's you. totally going away, frankly. I think the reach is so wide for this type of thing. Yeah, and it's thing. also, it's so great that people who don't have access to theatre on an yes. everyday basis, whether they're accessibility issues or financial issues, because obviously it's not just the ticket to the theatre, it's the ticket to wherever you've got to go for the theatre, or you could yes. be in a remote place of, of whatever country you're in. So I think it's really good. And, and we've already discussed, you know, I think there is a real world for a hybrid where, yes. you know, the real theatre, live theatre has to still happen. Like that's mm -hmm. everyone's... Kind of We've been talking about that. Yeah, since the beginning of our podcast, it's Broadway is such an amazing place to go and see a show. Yeah. I'm sure that the West End is also that kind of feeling, but yeah. they make it so prohibitively expensive mm. that it's like, well, I mean, I would really like to see that, but I can't afford it. And it's that kind of feeling all over the place. But if it was a hybrid situation where I could pay for a, a cheaper ticket and actually still see the same show that all of those audience members are seeing, yeah. Uh, I think, it's, I think it's really going to be more, I don't think West End and Broadway are going to adapt it very much because I think the licensing and the producers there only see one thing. Uh, yeah. Whereas regional theatre and smaller, like we have Fringe, you guys have Off-Broadway, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, I we really had a Fringe. It. <laughs> but it got chopped. <laughs> uh, uh, and then it's now bangs, it's awkward. Uh, so... <laughs> We, I really think they're going to be moving forward into this dual format, and I think that's going to be really exciting. Yeah. And I'm just kind of this foray into it was was really fun. And actually, that number that you mentioned, the uh, magic's making me kind of the poignant number at the end, is the only number that uh, was differently staged to Edinburgh. In Edinburgh, it was just the four of them stood, but because we had this slight free reign uh, in in the, the filmed version that we did, we were able to bring on the ghost light. Mm -hmm. And and it was the moment where I said to the mm -hmm. team that I really wanted to make it about what theatre has been this last year. Yeah. And people who unfortunately have given up the industry, people who are have just been unable to have any form of connection to the industry for a year and just show everyone 
why we're still doing it and why it is so important to everyone. And I'm really glad that that came across. So I'm really happy that you guys picked up on that. Yeah, I let that moment of standing around the ghost light. I absolutely felt that what you're talking about. Like I've seen, you know, we've all seen all of the pandemic pictures of the empty theaters with the ghost light. There's the ghost light project we have here in New York City, which is, uh, you know, um, and and I just I absolutely felt that I I. It's, it's just starting to come back a little bit here in New York. Like we have a couple of shows, like three uh, off-Broadway things that have opened. And it's like, I'm, I'm dying to get back in a theater. I miss, I miss that. At the beginning of our first lockdown over in the UK, we actually released that song, The uh, Magic's Making Me, with all the images of all the ghost lights, all the theatre marquees, as from New York, from all the only intermission, it's only the intermission images that came yeah. out. We we put together a video of all of those from the UK and released it with that song because it felt so poignant and so relevant and the two married beautifully. So yeah. to kind of bookend the end of our hopefully final lockdown with a final production for filming just felt really, really lovely and kind of, yeah, it bookended kind of <laughs> wish my life's lockdown pandemic experience. That's awesome. I, I now have, we have to find that YouTube. Is that on YouTube? How do you <laughs> yeah, even so, watch so, that? It's, it's on our, our social accounts, isn't it? Yeah, it's on our social medias. Uh, so have a look at those. And yeah. I think it's also on YouTube or something. It's probably been illegally streamed everywhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and what are, our, what are our social media accounts, Chris? Uh, Lick Ikea uh, or <laughs> <laughs> Like a Musical on Twitter or like a musical 2021 if we're still in 2021 otherwise we'll just keep changing the date uh on instagram right yeah we we follow those now so check oh, out what do you mean now friends. what do you mean now <laughs> wait well wait, we didn't know about you <laughs> yesterday yeah when i found all the ha- when i found all the handles now we follow everything then you got to send a free version all. of the show that's what you're really saying <laughs> No, you, I, you paid, didn't you? Did you? Yeah. I think you paid, didn't you? Yeah. Bless you. See? <laughs> there we are. What, I know. We're like, yes to theatre. Like, we want theatre to have money. Look, Pamela couldn't even sit through <laughs> it in one go. Now stop. And you know, I, I should did. never have I opened myself up to you, Chris. I sat through it in one go, Chris. To, uh... We just broke the computer. Everyone was talking over each other. We just broke Alex. It's fine. <laughs> oh no! Okay. Again. <laughs> oh, we'll reboot him. It's all right. Well, um, I Pamela, do you have any anything you want to add before we close out? Uh, just uh, to, if you've got the opportunity and the ability and the funds, please check out this uh, amazing production on what is the website? Is it King's Head? kingsheadtheatre.com theatre.com okay kingsheadtheatre.com it's it's really worth it it's it's short like it happened very fast actually it's about an hour but it it moves and I this is what's funny I never realized how important as an audience member it was for me to have audience members watching and listening at the Mm. same time until it wasn't there but even without that audience kind of participation and momentum of moving the show forward, the show moves and the pace is just really amazing. It's all yeah. really well done. The four actors on stage, including Miss O'Rourke here, is, I mean, it's just really, they're all fantastic. So it's really worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for us. Thank you so much yes. for, for joining us. And everyone, please go to kingsheadtheater.com and check out uh i wish my life were like a musical you're gonna i wish that my life were like a musical next (laughs) (laughs) no very good well we'll we'll let you know we'll let you know um we should say that it's only online until the 12th of may that's right. um, but if you are listening any time between now and the 12th of May 2021, um, you can actually watch it as many times as you want. So it's available on demand. Once you've got your ticket, you can watch it over and over and over again to your heart's content um, <laughs> and hopefully discover something more mm-hmm. every time. Uh, as you probably 
twigs. There are lots of Easter eggs in there. So there are lots and lots and lots of tiny musical quotations. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, in the opening number, which is about (laughs) opening numbers, um, practically every line of music is a musical quote from a different opening number, which you wouldn't necessarily immediately (laughs) notice. And Chris has very cleverly um, put in a lot of cheeky choreographic nods to shows along the way as well uh, throughout the throughout the production so uh, so yeah i can I, neither I confirm nor deny that to be honest copyright might think, be an issue. of course yes but um but yeah if, <laughs> but hopefully um you know that you'll be richly rewarded with uh, mm-hmm. new gags every time you watch yeah there's one more thing i do want to ask uh cast recording oh it's <laughs> been asked a lot it's been asked a lot um who knows watch this space keep keep following our our social media channels at liking musical on twitter and liking musical 2021 on instagram and uh and you'll be the first to know okay but it has been requested by many 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 people so i i'm mainly the cast to be fair what'd you say chris Mainly the cast have been asking, if we're perfectly honest. I'm not part yeah, of the cast, bad. and I'm asking. <laughs> it's well, really, we're I just mean, for it's... you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> screen it and close your eyes. It's the same thing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just screenshot it all. It's fine. <laughs> oh, well. Thank you for listening, yes. uh, theater geeks, and please go check out. I wish my life were like a musical at kingsheadtheater.com. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at T-G-A-B-Way and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at T-G-A-B-Way at gmail.com. Until next time, geeks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.